You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. For the next hour, you're listening to the Classic Auto Mall Podcast, broadcast from the Classic Auto Mall Studio in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Classic Auto Mall is a world-class facility conveniently located just an hour west of Philadelphia on the Pennsylvania Turnpike. The building is over 336,000 square feet and is full of over 650 classics for sale and 300 barn finds on display. Check out all the inventory on the website, ClassicAutomall.com. If you have any questions for our host or guest, email us at podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Now on to the show with our host, the president of Classic Auto Mall, Stuart Houghton. I always, I always wanted to do. Good morning, Vietnam. <laughs> we all, we all did. That's a great, that's a great movie. Look at the crowd of people coming in. Oh, the photography club is back. Yep. The photography club is here. I forgot they were coming today. They have a wonderful time here. They mostly shoot very up close um, details of the car more than the overall car. They'll shoot like the hood ornament or a cloisonne back. Yep. Well, that's the biggest word I'm going to use today. Cloisonne. cloisonne. Yeah. And uh, and they're here. They come about two or three times a year and they have their tripods and they're just kind of wandering around you'll see them laying on the floor getting the perfect angle and oh yeah they take really artsy shots really artsy way artsier than us i mean what we, we we're more journeyman photographers than what we do and we do a great job with the photography our guys are amazing and of course they have a great room to work with the white room you know? yeah absolutely and uh and so but but their job is to show the detail and yes it's supposed to look glamorous but it's supposed to look accurate. Right. That's really what we're looking for is accuracy and showing uh, the details and that kind of thing. And uh, that's really important for us. So First, I want to say happy birthday oh, well, thank to you. our host and president, Stuart Howden. Uh, and say, then you say hello to TikTok. <laughs> hello, yeah. TikTok. One, one How are you person, doing? Yeah. Happy birthday to me. <laughs> um, I am 60 trips around the sun. Wow. Yeah. Big one. Big yeah. One. yeah. It's a big one. So, uh, But I got a nice gift that I bought myself a few weeks ago. Oh, so. you did. <laughs> So, you know, that's the way it is. My wife and I just can't buy each other anything anymore because it's like, oh, we just get it if we want it. And there's no reason yep. to wait till your birthday. Or- I said my wife is is very difficult to shop for because when she wants something. Yeah, she just she buys it. it. Yeah, exactly. Leaves me nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, and it's, you know, in this day and age, why take the chance of buying something she doesn't like that she'll keep that that. Just because you bought it for her. Let's, let's get her something she likes. Right, you know? right. I don't know why we've digressed into this. I don't know so. It's your birthday, then. It's my birthday, and I can do whatever I want. And it's my show, and it's my building, and it's my bus, as my ex-father-in-law used to say. <laughs> that was his favorite line. He, Mel Tillis, he'd say, he'd say uh, uh, get your feet off the chairs. This is my bus, boys. You know, and, and he meant my bus means my building or my bus or my house or right, my car right. or whatever it was. So he was quite a character. But, uh, but anyway, thanks again to the Pat Travers Band, our theme music that I'm so proud of that I mention every week, and we're so appreciative. They were in Sellersville last weekend. I don't. Did anybody go that we know? I didn't go. No, I was tied up. <laughs> Literally, or <laughs> I think it was that Philly Auto Show. It was period. a Sunday night. Yeah, it was a Sunday night of the Philly. I had Auto to get show. up early Monday morning. Unfortunately, somebody has to move the cars out of the convention. <laughs> yeah, center, I saw the video. Volunteer. Yeah, I saw the video. The bucket list of driving a Cobra in the Philadelphia Convention Center has got to be a pretty cool bucket list item. It, it was cool. I couldn't get out of first gear or the clutch. But right. I mean, because you know, you, you know, imagine getting sideways on the carpet. And <laughs> I was I was joking with the union guys out there. I said, Should I light it? 
up? Should I light it up? <laughs> yeah. They have plastic the whole length of the yeah. convention center. Well, you know, when I was in Allentown last week, I don't know if I told you, I went to Nicola Bulgari's place. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, it's an amazing place. And they have a photo booth that is um, like ours, only lots bigger, yeah. really big. Yeah. And they use it for the Historical Vehicle Association, which Haggerty puts on, which is basically it's documenting the history of automobiles. Mm. Uh, the Haggerty Drivers Foundation uh, actually puts it on, but it's called the Historic Vehicle Association, okay. and they they have their their headquarters, if you will, uh, in Allentown at the Nicola Bogari place, and they had this photo booth that is absolutely fantastic. The curved wall to ceiling and floor to ceiling, Florida um, wall, and mm-hmm. it's just an amazing facility that uh, is in the middle of nowhere that you never see. But they're 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 I think at some point in time they're talking about opening this place. If you don't know, Nicola Bogari is the from the jewelry family Bulgari, and he's a collector of mostly American-made automobiles, and he picks oddball stuff that, you know, he bought a 40 Chrysler four-door from us to restore, and that's just an unusual car. It's not normally... Guys with high net worths usually are collecting Duesenbergs and things like that, but he likes American cars, and he's got a private collection up there, and they've built kind of a campus up there. They have a drive-in movie, and they have a lodge, and they have you know, separate rooms for everything that's going on, a uh, upholstery shop, a, a metal shop, a engine shop. It's really well done, and I think the plan eventually is to open it to the public, which it deserves to be because it's almost kind of like the the, uh, the GM Heritage Collection. Mm-hmm. It's not open to the public, uh, that you end up – you know. It doesn't get shown to people, and what a shame that is. So, uh, but anyway, it was a fun trip to go up there, and uh, hopefully, uh, uh, more people will get to see it as time goes on. Uh, but again, uh, boy, we had a good week. We had cars rolling in like crazy. We got the coolest '70 Chevrolet C10 pickup, black. Uh, it's got the cool. I don't know what wheels are on there, but they're just cool looking mm-hmm. wheels. And it's got the 454 in it with a Saginaw four speed. Now, wow. normally you see a Muncie four speeds, right. but you don't see Saginaws. It's rust free underneath and it's got all the documentations, uh, from the restoration and it's got, as our writer likes to say, miles deep paint. Miles deep. Remember yeah, him? Miles deep. Old miles. 70 C10 is, is one of the epic a, yeah. trucks and they're so hot right now. They so. are so incredibly hot. And, you know, that rust free undercarriage, what people don't realize, uh, we always talk about, you know, people say they don't want to drive their car in the rain and people say, well, don't you wash your car in water? Mm-hmm. And it's so water comes down on it. Mm-hmm. What's the difference? Well, the difference is not the water that falls down onto the car, even though there is what they call acid rain, whatever the heck that is. But... It's the undercarriage stuff. It's the driving down the road that mud and, and salt. You know, salt and different things can collect in areas where it's you know hard to get to and hard to clean out. And before you know it, you got rust issues. So when you see a nice, clean undercarriage, mm-hmm. uh, you know why. So uh, beautiful C10, clean undercarriage. I also got another Mitsubishi uh, 3000 GT VR4. That's the twin turbo 3 liter, 300 horsepower. 300 horsepower doesn't sound like a lot anymore. It was back then. In 92, that was a lot of it horsepower. It was a lot of horsepower. And uh, this one's one owner. Uh, we wow. call them rocket ships because they're just so cool. They don't last long here, and we get we get them for you. Yeah, they're they're, they're so if you're in the market for one, yeah. And uh, this one's got twenty nine thousand original miles. It's got the original window sticker, all the service records, all the good stuff. So, uh, and then we got a forty nine Diamond T Model three hundred six truck. With a mid-engine mounted 350. Have you seen this thing? No, I did not. It's got a pneumatic tilt bed. There's another big word today. Uh 
a mid-mounted 350 uh, V8. And it's, I'm not sure why. Or <laughs> <laughs> just because you can doesn't always it, mean you should. Do wheelies? I think because it'll do wheelies and it's got power steering and power brakes. So that's important. So it'll be a little easier to drive. But, uh, right. and then another beautiful 40s, uh, a 48 Buick Super Convertible, uh, with a body off restoration. It's beautiful red, leather yeah. interior. Uh, it's got the 248 Fireball straight eight. Just a dynamite looking car. Uh, that's one of those ones that uh, is really iconic. It's a, uh, Made famous from the movie Rain Man, that that body style. Uh, it wasn't that car, or even doesn't even look right. like that car. But uh, just a neat car. And then another neat car that we just got in, that I think is already we've got a deposit on right. already. Is the ninety Rolls Royce Corniche three convertible? Beautiful car. My goodness, and that beautiful red. Now people say, why would you say Corniche convertible? Isn't that redundant? Mm-hmm. Isn't all Corniches convertibles? No, they weren't. They, mm-hmm. Some of the Corniches back in the day were actually hardtop coupes. But not many people realize that, but I do because I'm such an automotive expert. You live it. <laughs> no, I just happen to know certain things yeah. because they stick in the brain. I don't know why. Right. I don't know why. Uh, but anyway, it's a beautiful car, 29,000 original miles, mm-hmm. uh, one of 129, uh, the 6.75 liter VA. You know, remember it was funny, Rolls-Royce in the day wouldn't ever publish their horsepower. Is that right? Yeah. And they also wouldn't it pub- wasn't important. It wasn't important. It didn't matter. And they also wouldn't publish the fact that they used a General Motors transmission, the turbo hydromatic. Right. 400. And that was a big kind of secret uh, from Rolls-Royce back in the day for whatever reason. I guess they were embarrassed by it, do you think? I don't know. (laughs) But uh, Lady Gaga, I mean, for those interested, had the exact same spec that she sold for charity a couple years ago. So I I said, I think, in one of the posts, if this car looks familiar, it's because she had one. If you're into that kind, if you're into the celebrity kind. (laughs) If you're into that sort of thing. (laughs) But uh, it's an interesting car. I mean, how many of them do you see in red? You don't see many at all. They're usually white white, silver, cream, cream, black. Um, and they're such an iconic. It is. It's like Beverly Hills and West Palm Beach, Florida, all rolled into one. It it's is opulent. Opulent. Yeah. You are. Over the top. And then, of course, the the, the successor to that was the Azure. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was a really cool car, the Bentley Azure. Right. And then what else? They did come out with a, another Corniche in later years. That was a different body style, I think, about right. five or six years ago. But, uh, yeah, Rolls-Royce. I mean, I remember in East Tennessee. See, growing up, there was one Rolls Royce, and you know, within miles and miles and miles. And we were we befriended the girl who owned it. She oh, was great. from California, and she let us take it out on Friday night. Wow! And we pull up to a stoplight in our t-shirts, and uh, you know, listen to Van Halen, <laughs> windows down, and the guy in the Mercedes on the date would pull up next to us, and his girlfriend would be checking out our car, and you could see he was really not happy right. about that, especially those young punks driving that. What are they doing driving that Rolls Royce? There's you know? something else. They always get attention. Always get attention. So uh, you probably missed that one, though. I think that uh, more than likely that one's going to I knew be, it wouldn't last. Uh, yeah, I didn't think it would either. Uh, very unique car, and unique uh, seems to be the flavor of of time anymore. Yeah. But uh, also, uh, I want to give a shout-out to our friends at uh, Passport Transport, my buddy Steve, uh, who owns Passport Transport out of Lebanon, Missouri. And we saw them a couple of weeks ago down at uh, – where were we? Oh, Boca. Boca Raton. Okay. And uh, uh, they do a great job. If you're looking for enclosed transport, that six-car enclosed 
white glove treatment they're a, a great option uh, as are the others as well too mm-hmm. not particularly uh, they all do a good job and listen the transportation business has got to be a slippery slope right now yeah. with gas price fuel prices sure. and regulations that they have mm-hmm. and and you know you can't you can't drive 18 hours in a day anymore. Is that right? I don't. I mean, I don't know what the. I don't know what the time frame is, but it's. Uh, I don't think it's what it used to be. I don't think it's willy nilly. Right. <laughs> so regulated. Like, regulated. It's it's all regulated like mm-hmm. so. But uh, but anyway. Um, also, our friends uh, from uh, the Cobra Experience. Um, they are giving away the Shelby GT500, and if you go to CobraExperience.org and enter in CAM11, C-A-M-11, you'll receive 25% more tickets than you paid for. So mm-hmm. what a good deal that is. And uh, and and we uh, we also have our four-on-the-floor segment that we didn't get a winner from for last week. Okay. Uh, and the answer was, I can't remember. You're supposed to remember. Oh, I know that one. Well, yeah. What was it? Oh, I know what it was. It was a... Uh, a Buick. Yeah. Uh, it was the, um, br- 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 I forget what year it was, but uh, it's a Grand Sport. Yeah. And one of the clues was, it's often called a Grand Sport. Yeah, but it's really G-R-A-N. G-R-A-N. Uh. Sport. I don't know why. Because <laughs> they just uh, want to be difficult. They gained a headlight in one year, and they were sold as a coupe, convertible, and what, four-door sedan. <clears throat> it's blue. Except you're wrong because last week was not that. It was, what was it? Oh, well, um, the one before that? 35, 18. I can't keep up anymore. It's my birthday. I'm 60 years old, Steve. My memory's <laughs> fading me. It's a Skylark GS. That's and, right. Yeah. In uh, some kind of tealy color. Yeah. And yeah. Repaint. Yeah. But an interesting color. Yeah. Um, but anyway, this week's four on the floor. Um, if if you know the answer, uh, email it to podcast at classicautomall.com. And uh, if you're give us the if you're the first one, or if you're the only one, then you win a hat. Right. And if uh, if more than if multiple winners uh, check in, we'll do a drawing, and uh, the winner gets the classic automall hat. You have to send us your address so we can mail it to you. Mm-hmm. And there's four clues. And if you know the answer, it's the specific stock number, year, make, and model of a car that we have in inventory. And actually, I believe we have two of these. So two of these cars might qualify for this particular week's that uh, is true. Uh, uh, contest. And clue number one, something Ty Cobb, Tony Curtis, or Tom Cruise might drive. Okay. Unlikely De Tommaso involvement. Though not a Ford, sports a Thunderbird detail. Mm-hmm. Fast name, slow car. That's right. <laughs> I like that one. So the four clues for our, our our four on the floor are something Ty Cobb, Tony Curtis, or Tom Cruise might drive, unlikely De Tommaso involvement, though not a Ford, sports a Thunderbird detail, fast name, slow car. Podcast at ClassicAutomall.com. Uh, send us your answers, and we'll send you a hat, a very cool hat, uh, because we like to give cool hats out. Uh, and then, uh, real quickly, can I do the cars sold this week? Do I have nope, time for that? Don't. All righty. Well, I don't. We'll do that. Save in, that on segment four. And when we uh, when we return, our special guest Dave Majors, uh, CEO of Meekum Auctions, will be on the line with us um, from Glendale, Arizona, I believe. So when we come back, we'll speak to Dave. Call J.C. Taylor today for a competitive quote on collector car insurance. Give your most prized possessions the attention that they deserve. You'll receive agreed value coverage, giving you the peace of mind to know you're always protected. J.C. Taylor has been supporting the hobby with reliable service that has lasted for six decades. 
Call 888-ANTIQUE or visit jctaylor.com slash awr to get a quote today. That's 888-268-4783. Or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. If you want the truth about politics, medicine, weapons, classic cars, and more, you'll want to tune in to America's Web Radio. You can listen to all of your favorite shows live at www.americaswebradio.com or on demand on iTunes, Spotify, or your favorite podcast app. That's www.americaswebradio.com. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast from the studios in Morgantown, Pennsylvania. And uh, on a beautiful sunny day, hopefully for a while here anyway, with the photography club here taking pictures of all of our 700 cars. Actually, 1,000 cars we have in here. We have 300 cars on display, barn finds, and then 700 cars for sale. And we've got a very special guest this morning, Mr. Dave Majors, the CEO of Mecham Auction. Good morning, Dave. Good morning. We are getting you up awfully early, but I know you're in Glendale, excited to uh, to get the auction kicked off for the big Saturdays that you all are, are well known for. But Friday was a pretty good day yesterday, I imagine. Yeah, you're right. We're we're getting ready for our fourth day here at uh, State Farm Stadium in, in Glendale, Arizona, and uh, it's been a spectacular first three days of this event. And, and of course, the way the uh, the auctions grow, the the cars get a little more valuable as the days move on, and Today is going to be a great day with uh, just car after car in the million to three to four million dollar range. So it's going to be very exciting. We've been on quite a roll since uh, summer of 2020, and it looks like it's uh, it's going to continue in a record setting way here in Glendale. It's always amazing to me, or it continues to be amazing to me, the amount of wealth in this country and the fact that people, even when we hear the you know all the different horror stories about the economy and this and that, that the market just keeps being on our side of it, retail, and on your side of it as well. I mean, Ford GTs continue to go up in value, and and it's just it's an amazing thing to watch. I'm, it's really uh, it almost seems recession proof. I better not say that out loud too many times. I don't want to jinx it. <laughs> but well, we certainly know it. It's cyclical, uh, you know, if nothing else. And we've been on the collector car market has been on quite a ride for many years. And and even the pandemic didn't slow it down. If anything, it accelerated it. And we know someday it'll it'll cool off a, a bit. We're hoping it's not uh, real soon. And and you know, we're just seeing great cars come to market and and buyers that are looking for quality. Well, I I, I definitely agree with that. I mean, you see, what, what we're seeing now is the generation that collected more than one or two cars uh, coming to market. So, you know, that that's the interesting thing about it is that normally uh, the people that collected cars that were getting up to the age, uh, you know, the the, the thinning the herd age. Uh, we're collecting one and two cars back in the 70s. Now you're seeing guys who have 15, 20, 30, 50, 100 cars, and uh, it's changed the dynamic of the business. Yeah, and I think that's uh, that's been the backbone of this this current ride that we've been on. You know, this trajectory is that we're seeing a lot of of great collections come to auction. You know, people that have that have been great stewards of beautiful cars. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of these are coming from estates sure. uh, that need to be liquidated. But um, most of what we see now and most of the attraction are with with collectors and collections. It's not the, uh, you know, the one and two cars. Right. Who came up with the idea, which was brilliant, by the way, 
of branding the collections, the Joe Smith collection, the Frank Smith collection. Uh, that's a brilliant thing that a lot of the other auction houses are copying now. Yeah, and you know, it it just makes sense because those those collectors are very well known. And as you know, the collector car community is uh, is a very tight knit community. Um, everybody kind of knows everybody else, and it just makes sense from a marketing perspective to to let the market to let potential buyers know who the collection you know where it's coming from. Sure, because that just denotes the quality of the collection. And, and we see that day in and day out. And I think also too, uh, you know, there's a little ego involved in classic cars to, to, you know, for some people. So it's always nice to see your name in lights, especially if you're not used to that. You know, <laughs> you know for those of us who've been in the business a long time, we don't get starstruck as much anymore just because we're so used to seeing the famous people that come around these type of auctions. But, uh, for some of the guys who, you know, might live in the Midwest, uh, to see their name on a Meekum catalog, man, that, <laughs> they could die and go to heaven. <laughs> Well, and you know, particularly as I was saying, a lot of the, uh, unfortunately, a lot of the big, uh, well-known collections are coming from a state. It's it's kind of a final memorial to, uh, to the collector, and you know, in front of the collector car community, where we put the name on the collection, we display it, you know, at our auctions, we we display it before the auctions. A lot of times, we'll do uh, small vignettes, either for our Motor Trend Television show or on. On Meekum.com, uh, we produce catalogs for those auctions. So it, it gives the family something to remember, sure. um, you know, their, their lost loved one by and something to remember their passion. Well, I, I'm, I, we see that also here because, you know, as we always say, I mean, we think there's room for everybody in the hobby, whether it's us as a classic car uh, consignment dealer or as a uh, consignment auction house or as, you know, owners of, of collections that sell. I mean, you know, it's it's one of those things that I, I think somebody said there was 25 million cars in the market and you all handle, what, 17,000 a year or something. There's plenty to, yeah. go, around. <laughs> there's plenty to go around for everybody. Well, and as, as we all know that, you know, cars come back around, too, so it's... Cars are no, the collector cars are no different than, than anything else. You, you you buy that prize and you keep it for two or three years, and then you're kind of used to that and you're ready for something new. So you take that back and sell it at market and and look for a new treasure. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, with it's it's funny with collections. I mean, we see a widow come into our place here, and and it's an emotional time for them because this car's been part of the family, or these cars have been part of the family. But what's really the worst part about it is when the husband, on his you know last breath and laying in bed, pulls his wife close to him and says, "Whatever you do, don't sell the Corvette for less than sixty thousand." <laughs> that's a hard one to overcome. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But uh, so Glendale is going on this week, and how many cars in Glendale? A thousand cars or more? Yeah, we had about fifteen hundred here at Glendale, and that's the that's the most cars we've uh, we've ever brought to Glendale. Uh, by quite a bit, by about fifty percent, and wow. you know that's uh, that's pretty consistent with what we've seen over the last almost two years. You know, we we left uh, Kissimmee, Florida, in January, you know, the world's largest collector car auction. We had thirty five hundred cars there, the most we've ever had at Kissimmee. We just we continue to see that at at every event that we've been at since, as I said, since coming back after the pandemic in July of twenty twenty. Sure. Uh, we've seen some shocking things in the business as of late. Uh, Haggerty's valuation for one was pretty staggering. Uh, but your Kissimmee sale, $217 million in a 10 yeah. sale. And how many cars uh, sold, what, 27? How many did you sell? 2,800? We were about 80, 87%. 
You sold sold more cars in 10 days than we sold out of our 336,000 square foot (laughs) building in four years. Thank you. (laughs) Hey, good for you guys. I tell you, it was, it was really exciting. Every day that we, you know, we've been, we've been going to Kissimmee for, I think it's 17, 18 years. And it's been the world's largest collector car auction for at least half of that. And, and this year, every day, Set a record for that day for Kissimmee. That's so exciting. And then, of course, it set a record for set a record for us for Kissimmee by you know quite a bit. And then, uh, as I, I think you probably saw some of our publicity, it was the first collector car auction ever to exceed two hundred million dollars in sales. So yeah. it just it was record setting, you know, across the board. I mean, in some respects, you know, it, this this company was built in a way that. It deserves what it's doing right now. We, we know that we watch the progression of Meekum, but in other ways, don't you have to kind of pinch yourself sometimes and say, Oh my God. I mean, I can't imagine the logistics of selling that many cars. At a <laughs> how many, how many clerks do you have in the back doing titles? You know, is there 50 people? To- <laughs> well, we, we, you know, we call ourselves a circus and, <laughs> and we move, by, we move like a circus. And I, we have, uh, you know, depending on the size of the auction, uh, we have about 250 to 350 people that travel with the circus. They're not they're not home office right. uh, corporate types. They're 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 the road people, just like a uh, just like a rock concert. Sure. And when we travel, I think, and, and I have a hard time keeping up with the growth, but <laughs> we travel. I think in uh, today in 18 uh, semis, they're equipment haulers. Wow. Uh, plus, we have 12 of our own um, car haulers. Right. And we produce our own television show. A lot of people don't know that, that uh, when you see people on TV wearing Motor Trend shirts for camera crews and mm-hmm. on-air announcers, they actually all work for us. Right. We produce our own show. So we travel in four uh, TV trucks as well. So there's something like 34, 35 trucks that, that move the circus down the road from one event to the next, and somewhere between 250 and 350 people. Well, that puts Van Halen to shame, I can tell you right now. now <laughs> I mean, you carry everything, right? The lights, the sound, the, the staging, you bet. Uh, the carpet. I mean, everything yeah. you guys are, are hauling. I mean, what a way, and that's the way to do it. And and Motor Trend, my goodness, what a blessing that became out of kind of left field, I would imagine, in, in some respects. Yeah, that's that's been, uh, and it already has been over the first couple of months of that relationship. It is, it's been a tremendous uh, benefit to us and to Motor Trend as well. Sure. We, we we've had some good uh, some good partnerships, as you know. We were with NBC Sports for quite some time. I think about eight years, and that that um, that benefited Meekum Auctions. It also did a lot for NBC Sports and. And when we had to part, we were both disappointed to do that. But, but there's a huge difference between the NBC relationship and the Motor Trend relationship. NBC was purely a Meekum produces content, NBC buys that content and puts it on television. That was it. With Motor Trend, it's much more collaborative. It's, you know, what kinds of things can we do with two iconic brands to continue to improve improve those brands across you know digital platforms across print platforms across car show platforms television not only the live auction but uh, some other projects that we have in the works now to produce uh, other television collaboratively between motor trend and Meekum. so i think there's so much more than we can that we can do with motor trend now 
beyond just producing a live auction that they put on TV, and, and we've already started down that path with them. I think it's, I think there's going to be a lot of exciting things come out of that relationship in the future. Well, and, and it's so popular. It's funny how popular watching an auction on television has become. You, you know, it, when I worked for eBay Cruise in 2001, 2000, back in that era, you know, we didn't think, we weren't thinking that globe or that, uh, that big, you know, we weren't thinking about the fact that people would actually watch this on television. I mean, we were just happy that people would show up and, and come raise their hand. <laughs> but I, I, I do know, and correct me if I'm wrong, didn't originally Meekum kind of buy time on, on some kind of obscure television? stations just to get the ball rolling with with television well we actually started back in 2008 with uh what was then speed vision right that became velocity and we were we were with speed vision that became velocity until uh 2013 uh, when i came and it was we weren't buying the tv time but it wasn't a um, i would say it's not a profit center sure sure it was there was Meekum was there was still a license fee involved, but Meekum was spending a lot more money to produce the television than the license fee was covering, and that difference was considered a marketing expense. Right. So then I came. I, I joined Meekum. I retired in 2012, and uh, uh, Dana asked me to come and and work with him at, at Meekum. So in 2013, I came. We were at the end of the velocity current contract and and i decided that it would be a good time to see if there weren't better partners and then that's sure at the end of 13 is when we moved to nbc so yeah so you retired for all of a year way to go i'm sure your wife was thrilled <laughs> i didn't like it so much <laughs> <laughs> yeah, i hear you if you're not a big golfer or a fisherman what are you going to do right you know uh, and that's and that is me people say well what are you you know when you retire you're going to go play golf I say, oh, i'm going to go play with cars and guess what i do now <laughs> play with cars absolutely. <laughs> is, is there is there ever a fear dave of kind of showing the wizard behind the curtain uh doing these television shows was it do you have those discussions about you know you just you don't want to always show every side of every business. You know, there's certain times that I imagine things that you know you don't really particularly want on te- television. You know what I mean? Well, yeah, I, I I tell our people, and I and when we're you know working on new television partners or new television contracts, we're not a documentary. <laughs> right. We when people ask me what I do, you know, what we do for a living, what Meekum does, I tell them that we are first an entertainment company. Sure. And the way we entertain is through auctions. So when we're producing a television show, as I said, we're not there to produce a documentary. We're there to produce entertainment. So we're going to show every aspect of the business that we believe lifts the bar on from the entertainment side, not necessarily here to teach you how auctions work and how the back office works. And we do a little bit of that, but that's that's not what people are tuning in to Absolutely watch. not. When we return, we will continue with Dave Majors uh, with us from Glendale, Arizona, at an ungodly hour of some time out there, whatever <laughs> it is out there, and we'll be back in a couple of minutes. When it comes to car magazines, are you tired of reading about mega-dollar collector cars you can't afford, or endless reporting on auctions and how-to tech stories that don't interest you? Then Crankshaft is the car magazine for you. Crankshaft is a 144-page softcover quarterly filled with all sorts of fascinating stories, the type of car features you won't find anywhere else. It features American and foreign cars, pre- and post-war era cars of distinction including sports cars, muscle cars, and regular family sedans too. To discover what many car enthusiasts are saying is the best car magazine ever published, you can purchase either a single copy for $12.95 plus $3 postage, or a one-year subscription, four issues, for $59.95. To order your copy, go to www.crankshaftmagazine.com. 
That's www.crankshaftmagazine.com. If you love classic cars, you're going to want to listen to The Classic Car Show with Tom Cox and Richard Lentinello on America's Web Radio, live every Saturday at 8 a.m. Eastern at americaswebradio.com or on demand on your favorite podcast app. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back, back, back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast. I am allowed to say anything I want because it's my birthday, by golly. So I'm sixty. Oh, happy birthday! I'm sixty years young, and uh, I only feel like sixty-two. So <laughs> that's a good thing. We're talking. I'm getting to the point where I can't remember sixty. <laughs> Don't tell me that. My partner is turning eighty-four in in April. He, you know, it's like getting one upped every time I say, "Well, I'm going to be 60. He goes, "Well, I'm eighty-four. You know, <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, you win. So anyway, we are talking with Dave Majors, the Chief Executive Officer of Mecham Auctions. He's with us uh, this morning from Glendale, Arizona, where they're burning the barn again as usual. Uh, man, last year, what, $578 million in total sales? <laughs> yeah, we actually, we, we um, it, it's kind of an odd uh, relationship, but uh, our year ends one thirty one. But of course, we publish results on a calendar year basis. So, sure. if we look at our at our fiscal year, we were actually right at six hundred million for the wow. year. So, a billion is definitely within your sights. Well, uh, I would be very disappointed if we don't get there. Sure. Yeah, I, and my staff knows that. <laughs> you, you don't give them the glaring billion dollar look every once in a while, right? No. You know, it's You're a, right. it's amazing what Mecham grew from. I mean, I remember the days of Mecham in a tent with sawdust, and and you know, it was just a couple of three hundred cars, and you know, Cruise, uh, eBay Cruise, which I worked for, was was going strong, and and the timing for Mecham just had to be perfect for a lot of different reasons, for the way the market changed, for the fact that Cruise kind of imploded and went out. Of business, and then yeah. just the wealth uh, gain in this country that we're seeing. Uh, Dana Meekham uh, tells the story often about the very first Kissimmee auction, which has grown into the behemoth it is today. The, he says the first auction, and it, it's a true story, the first auction had 50 cars. It was in a parking lot of a laundromat, and there was a chicken coop right next to it. <laughs> And and uh, Dana has the best line for our business. You you, you had said earlier you know, that you have to pinch yourself on what this has become. And of course, often people will ask that question of, of Dana. You know, Dana, did you ever think that what you started back in 1988 would grow into this? And Dana said, I always thought that. I was just waiting for the rest of you to catch up. <laughs> well, you know, it's like my partner here at our outlet mall here in Morgantown. Some he asked me when I first met him. He said somebody told him I was the guy he needed to talk to about this business. He said, "Do you have a business plan?" Oh, I said, "I've had a business plan for 20 years on this." I said, "You know, instead of doodling, I created a business plan and spreadsheets for a wonder one day if I could possibly have a building big enough that's now eight acres uh, under roof. If I could have this big a building, here's the business model and here's what it would do. And of course, we got the opportunity to do it. And uh, man, what a amazing ride it's been. But but what you guys are doing is elevating the whole hobby. I mean." The exposure that Motor Trend Television gives to all of us in this business is immeasurable. So thank you. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we thank everybody that's that's involved in the in the collector car hobby and the collector car business. It's 
it's a it's a fun ride, and there's lots of great people, as you know. Oh, I'm telling you, nothing more fun than sitting in an auction. To your left is a guy who's a blue collar worker who's buying his first collector car. And the right, to the right of you is a billionaire and head of the you know head of the head of a global company. And everybody is all getting along and talking as if they're all on the same level, and they are. And that's the way it should be. Good people are good people, no matter what your economic status is. Uh, and I, I, you know, I tell I tell people often in interviews, and there's, you know, the question will come up about celebrities and sports stars and coming to our auction, and and you know what do, what do you do with those people when they come to the auction? I said, you know, the funny thing is, no matter who you are, if you're Jay Leno, when you come to our auction, you're just a car guy, right? And you're a car guy like the guy that brought his five thousand dollar beater, in, yeah. you know, in to sell. So it's we're all, as you said, we're all on the same level. Well, and and our our tagline is, and this is very true. And I've I've had conversations with my staff on this: is your pride and joy is our pride and joy. So if your pride and joy yeah. is a five thousand dollar El Camino. And by golly, so is ours. And when we take pictures and we write a description and we market your car, we do the same for a million-dollar Cobra as we do for a $5,000. Everybody gets the same treatment and same with our customers. No matter if you're, you know, how wealthy or not wealthy you are, does not matter to us. What matters to us is that you're a car guy and you're part of this hobby. I, I got to quit calling it a hobby because it's way more than a hobby. <laughs> but you know what I mean. Um, so, yeah. uh, but... I see the growth with me. I mean, you got Indy coming up. Is that going to eclipse uh, Kissimmee? Is that the projection, or do you think it's still going to be its second to Kissimmee a little bit in terms of size and scope? Well, it's it, it, you know, Indy has grown by leaps and bounds, and and it it has exceeded uh, Kissimmee of three years ago. And the, the problem with Indy exceeding Kissimmee is Kissimmee keeps growing, and they're they're both growing at about the same rate. So in, you know, Indy's pedaling really fast to catch up, but 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 Kissimmee's pedaling just as fast as well. And so we're our consignments for Indy right now are are on record pace. Uh, we're we're looking at about three thousand cars for Indy. We've expanded it to to be nine days, so it's it's growing into. Every bit of what Kissimmee is, and it's going to be exciting to see how it turns out this year. Last year was was absolutely incredible. Right. And for those of you who don't know about Kissimmee, Kissimmee is basically a suburb of Orlando. Some people may not actually realize where Kissimmee is, but uh, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah. it, it's certainly on the map thanks to you guys. Um, but, uh, you know, one of the things that's got to be difficult is, is when you grow as large as you guys have grown, it's maintaining the customer service and maintaining the transparency that you guys have always had. How do you, how do you deal with that? Well, that's, that's 100% of our focus is when, you know, when we get together, I have 11 uh, senior staff members on my staff and we have staff meetings every Monday morning and every Thursday morning. And that meeting always starts with what are we doing for the customer? What, what can we do to improve our customer service and, and reminding everybody why we're here and who we're here to serve. Right. And, you know, I have a, I have a great staff. They are constantly thinking about what can we do? You know, our, our internal tagline is make it easy for the people to do business with us. Sure. So they're constantly thinking about what can I do to make it easier for the customer to do business with us. And, and of course, with a lot of new technology, we're all we're always trying to incorporate new technology into our process to make it quicker and easier as well. So, we're it's as you know that's a, that's not a challenge where you say we're done and we got there. No. That's that's <laughs> that's a journey that you're always on, and you're always trying to to do better. And and like you had just mentioned with your business, 
we consider ourselves the collector car company for everyone. Right. It doesn't matter what make, what model, what color, what year you're looking for, how big your pocketbook is. You're all the same to us, and so we, we're sure that we design our systems to be able to accommodate just that. Well, you know, your your financial guy uh, who runs Mecham Financial, Lee Giannone, uh, said when he walked into our building, he says, this reminds me of a Mecham auction, just the the cars and the different varying styles and yeah. types and all that, which was a real compliment. We were uh, we were honored that he said that, and he's a great guy, by the way. He uh, We've had we've had some fun chatting about cars and his racing background and uh, uh, need to work with and hopefully we're going to be doing some business with him and you've got financial and transportation so you guys have branched out uh, yep. into uh, other things i mean is it more of a convenience thing that you did it for your clients or was it a profit center always no it was convenient and and i actually as we launched both of those businesses i i reminded my my staff and and the people that we brought on board to do that that we're, we're doing this as a service to our customers, not necessarily to make a profit, but I'm not allergic to making profit. <laughs> so that, that's how they, that's how it's managed. But our, our thought was, and this goes back probably five or six years ago, we wanted to be able to provide every service at a Mecham auction that you as a collector would need. So we, you know, we have transportation, we have financing, uh, through our sponsorships, we have car care with the Gold Eagle 303. We have Coker Tire if you're, you know, if you're interested in tires or need tires. And then, uh, you know, a big one always is is insurance. Sure. And we've had State Farm as one of our sponsors for many years to be able to provide that as well. And now with State Farm's new uh, relationship with Haggerty, um, we're waiting to see how that will. Uh, that will play out to benefit our customers as well. That could be interesting. Had you all had any relationship with Haggerty before or prior, or no? No, we hadn't because we were with uh, we'd been with State Farm, and all of our sponsorships are exclusive sponsorships. So, you know, we have a sponsorship with Dodge. That's an exclusive sponsorship with Meekum Auction for Dodge. So, State Farm has been an exclusive sponsor, which precluded us from from working with any other uh, insurance company. Yeah, well, that makes sense, and and it's the right way to do business. You know, it's it, you can't be everybody. You can't be you know everybody's. Uh, we can't have everybody as your master. You know, it just doesn't work that way. Uh, uh, because it's it's not fair to everybody because somebody gets left out in the cold usually and you know that's no fun so uh, but yeah and, and we when we started our sponsor program we were you know there were three goals we were trying to accomplish one is to to be able to provide all the services for for everyone we you know for every collector car enthusiast the second was we wanted a very well respected brands and lastly, we we didn't want to we wanted to be exclusive. We didn't want to have you know you walk into our auction and there's you know 50 different sponsors. It's right. our sponsors and there are there are six of them. They're very special to us, and we hope that we're very special to them as well. We've every sponsor that we brought on back in. Uh, 2014, when we started that program, is still with us today. That's probably unheard of in any in any industry. Would yeah. you think? I mean, that's that's remarkable. Yeah, and it's it, again that kind of goes back to what I said about Motor Trend. Our sponsorships are not just pay us money and you can show up. They've been very collaborative efforts, and we work together with each one of our sponsors on an ongoing basis to to help improve our offering, their offering, and the experience for for the collector car enthusiast as well. Not to mention the amount of exposure that they get. I mean, you couldn't purchase that amount of exposure for any amount of money. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> I mean, yeah, and, and particularly in this environment, it's not only you know the numbers of exposure that you have, you know, the numbers of eyeballs, but these are hardcore enthusiasts as well. So yeah. it's yeah. you know, it's not like putting an ad on television on NBC <laughs> and you're hoping that the one percent of the people that are interested will watch it. It's <laughs> all these eyeballs are interested. Yeah, it's not like well, like me, you know, they want to put my face on a bus bench, but I'm not sure if that'll work or not. <laughs> Well, they want to put mine on the seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're a behind-the-scenes kind of guy. I mean, yeah, I don't recall. I've been to oh, I've been to Kissimmee a few times in the past few years, and a few others that I've seen. I haven't seen much of you around. You are you mostly behind the scenes during these events, or are you out on the floor too? Uh, I'm usually, you know, wandering around. There's lots of things going on at an auction. When I'm when I'm in the auction arena, I usually sit up with the uh, with the phone bidder folks. I sit up behind the phone bidders. Oh, nice! That's a good perspective, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, and and you know, kind of, I get to hear what's going on with phone bidders. You know, I can still see the auctioneers. I'm looking at the crowd and looking at the cars, so it gives me, a, um, you know, my my job at the auction is to is to have eyeballs on everything and see how we can improve it. Sure, sure. Looking at an overall picture of things. And it's not always uh, easy to do when you're standing there on the block, kind of in the middle of the, the whirlwind that's going on there. Uh, certainly that's... Right, and that's, you know, that's Dana and Frank's... Dana and Frank are, you know, that's their realm. Sure. Dana, Dana Meekham and his son Frank Meekham, who people see out front at the auction, and more and more even, you know, the last three or four years, sure. he's kind of stepping into his own there as well. That... Dana and Frank spend their days uh, away from the auction, working with collectors and and major consignments. And uh, I run the business, and that uh, you know it's been a great relationship for I think nine years now, going on nine years. Well, you got to do what you're good at, you know. I mean, that's uh, absolutely uh, what you're doing. And uh, you know, in your background, you were a CPA with uh, Country Financial, right? Correct. Yep, I was a CFO for. I was actually with uh, that that family of companies for thirty seven years before I retired in the last twelve years as CFO. So that that makes uh, you mentioned Lee Giannone. Lee's my uh, my confidant when I need a safe place to go to. I can go talk to another finance guy. <laughs> oh, that's funny. You know, Lee is is one of those guys that, and you are too. Finance guys are usually not car guys necessarily, and both of you guys are financial background guys and heavily involved in, in car world. Are you building a collection of your own? I would imagine, right? I, uh, I I have more than my share of cars uh, <laughs> here and there in, gra- in, in garages and storage buildings. Although I'm not a uh, I'm not necessarily an uh, an old car guy. Sure. I tend to I'm kind of like Lee. I like things that go fast. The late model exotics tend to tend to be more my. So what's your go to car when you when you're walking out? and It's a nice pretty day and and no salt on the road. What do you what, what's the one you're going to jump into? I I have two out of my group that um, that you know I scratch my head on which one I'm going to drive. I have a, a Ferrari four five eight. Nice. Uh, I tell you that's that. I mean that is the. I've, I've driven a lot of Ferraris. The four five eight is the Ferrari dream machine. Mm-hmm. It's just a it's just a fantastic car. But I I probably would say you know my my favorite is uh, a Mercedes SLS Gullwing. Oh yeah, I'm a Mercedes guy too. I have an older 06 uh, CL55. Uh, the last year of the uh, coupe body style that they had that was so iconic, and I love that car. But the SLS is man oh man oh man what a great well balanced uh, easy to drive. Yeah. But, you know all the power in the world. Uh, 
The 450, 458 uh, 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 Italia is, I have a friend of mine who has one who kind of had it in the corner of his garage. He's got a Ford GT and he's got a GT350 and all those things. And he never really thought much about the, the, uh, the Ferrari until he drove it. And then he was like, oh my gosh, this thing's got as much power as, as anything that I own. And he was very shocked by that. I don't think he expected that. Yeah, and I, I went through the, you know, the 355s, the 360s. I had a couple of 430s, and I, and I always thought the 430 was just a, an incredible car, and then, and then the 458 came out, and it, that, it's just leaps and bounds beyond, you know, most of what Ferrari's been able to do. And it's, you know, now everything is getting a little too, uh, I would say, um, user friendly. Yeah. You, you don't have to, you don't have to think about it as much, and, you know, we're getting into electric, which, you know, to me, you know, it doesn't make any noise, so that's kind of an aberration. You're going to have to pipe in some noise somehow, some way with that stuff. I don't, I don't yeah, know. well, a Ferrari without noise is like a Harley Davidson without noise. That's kind of the whole point. Yeah, well, you, you know, it's funny. Uh, the people, that's one of the things that, you know, we drive a golf carts around our building here, and one of the problems you run into is people can't hear you coming up on them. So you have to yeah. be really careful, and I'm sure you run into that as well, too. But we will be back in just a few minutes. Since the 1960s, J.C. Taylor has been America's premier specialty insurance provider for classic cars, antique autos, modified, and custom vehicles. Our customers have trusted us to protect their prized possessions for more than six decades. For more information, or to receive a quote, contact our expert team today by calling 888-ANTIQUE, or by visiting our website at jctaylor.com awr. That's 888-268-4783 or visit jctaylor.com slash awr. Drive through time with peace of mind. J.C. Taylor. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the americasbroadcastnetwork.com. Thank you for listening. And we are back with the Classic Auto Mall podcast live, maybe, from the Classic Auto Mall studios in wonderful, beautiful downtown Morgantown, Pennsylvania. Some of the uh, some of the sales you guys have ha- had in, in from 21 and in the beginning of this year um, that are just surprisingly uh, strong, uh, the Mercury at uh, Kissimmee, the Hirohata Mercury. My goodness yeah. gracious. That had to be a shock to everybody. You know, there were so many cars at Kissimmee that were a shock, and I, I tell everybody that the one that sticks in my mind is the uh, Glacier National Park Tour. Oh, bus. my God, for a million four. I was just going to mention million that. million four. <laughs> <laughs> what? I have a buddy who has one of those. He's like, uh, I'm going to think I'm going to need to get that out of the garage and <laughs> get that down to a Mecham auction. I mean... And you know that 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 is such a unique vehicle that when it when it was consigned, and I remember talking to Frank Meekum, and we were kind of scratching our head on what do you you know what's that going to bring because you just you have no idea that it's so unique. But I can tell you that it it was probably about four or five times what we you know had speculated. Well, absolutely. I mean, there are obvious ones that you sell that uh, you know the Shelby GT three fifty R prototype three point seven million, and and uh, the McLaren Speedtail three. Three, yep. or whatever. Those are, I mean, fairly predictable prices for those, or, or maybe a little bit. They're high on the Shelby, but everybody knew because it was a Ken Miles car that was going to probably, you know, break the bank. And the and the Parnelli Jones uh, Big Ole last year, the Bronco that was a yeah. Uh, and <laughs> but then, but then you get but the, you know that that Hirohata, the Hirohata Mercury, the George Barris car. That's another one, just like the the Glacier National Park. It's you kind of have a hard time figuring out what you think that'll bring, right? 
and then for it to bring in excess of two million dollars was was really a home run. Right, and and you know, of course, that's uh, it's a testament to what you guys have done too, because you know, for for not only for the family that that owned it to bring it to you, but for Wayne Carini to have a part in that and to to say that you know yeah. this was the right place for the car. I mean, you know, Wayne's very well respected in this hobby, and when he says something, you know, people pay attention, and so that's a, a real feather in your guys' hat as well too. Yeah, I had I had the unfortunate, and you know Wayne is a, is a great friend of ours, and we're a good friend of his. And he um, he and I happened to be standing together waiting to do an interview while we were in Kissimmee around that car. Actually, and, you know, I I felt like I didn't exist because there was a line to take a picture with Wayne Carini, and I thought, hey, you know, here I am, chop liver. <laughs> Welcome to my world, Dave. <laughs> yeah, he's 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 a very popular person, and rightfully so. He's just a great guy. He's a great guy. He's got a great show, and you know, it's fun. Uh, and he, my wife said to me when we first started this business, she said we were at uh, one of the auctions or one of the events somewhere, and she said, you know what? She just realized she realized that that people weren't putting it together that class. Automall and Stuart Howden were one and the same. And she said, and that's a shame because you know a lot of people in the hobby, but they're not connecting the two. So put your face on the ads. And I was reluctant to do it. But I can tell you now when I go to events, it's, you know, kind of that same, on a lesser scale, obviously, but it's still the same kind of thing. Oh, they know who you, oh, we're classic Automall, we've heard of you. And, uh, and of course, sometimes they're also, you know, they may be griping too, but (laughs) (laughs) we do deal with old cars. They are unpredictable. How do you, how do you deal with that? I mean, my wife calls me Mr. $500. If something, a problem, Problem and and we've somehow had anything to do with it. Is five hundred dollars going to make you happy? And if it is, by golly, he's getting a check for five hundred dollars. How do y'all deal with 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 problems, if you will, uh, when you come to a deal or a matching numbers or something like that? Well, and I think that's that we, we were actually just talking about this yesterday. That's one of the big differences in what you know we Meekum do and others. That's different than online. Right. In, in some of the online auctions, is we we have an entire group called Resolutions. And if there is an issue with a buyer or a seller or a car, we don't just say, you know, tough. Right. Go, go talk to the guy you bought it from. We actually are in the middle of that trying to broker the resolution to the deal. So, right. and we typically find that, you know, if we, you know, talk to the buyers, talk to the sellers, you know, whatever the issue might be, we can work something out that, that everybody leaves happy. Very seldom are we not able to resolve some kind of an issue that comes up. Yeah, that's kind of our philosophy too. And it, you know, listen, like I said, the, people don't realize that a car on a trailer going from here to California, I don't care if it's in the, the, you know, the foam padded whatever, bouncing up and down that highway, things can go wrong and, and things can yeah. happen between here and the end, uh, user's, uh, facility or home or whatever. So it's hard to please all the people all the time. And it's certainly, uh, you know, difficult for us sometimes because our perception of a car and somebody else's perception of a car might be a little different. And we do something that, you know, is takes the risk even further in our plate is we actually title the car to classic automobile and then to the new buyer. So uh, we add a level of exposure that sometimes makes me not sleep at night. Yeah. <laughs> but we, we usually find that when there are issues, it's, it's nobody's wrong. Right. You know, the, the seller's not wrong. The buyer's not wrong. Most, most often what it, what happens is we'll have, you know, a novice, someone who's new to sure. collector cars that's finally buying that car they've been looking for. And sometimes they forget these cars are 50, 60, 70 years old. Sure. They're not brand new cars on the showroom. And so they've got little gremlins and tweaks and, you know, things that maybe they didn't expect. And we can usually work out some kind sure. of a, uh, you know, as I said, broker some kind of a solution. Sure. 
Well, I know for us, one of the issues that we run into more often is the car that's the 2004 Corvette. It looks like a new car, but it's 18 years old. And it, but it right. doesn't look like an 18 year old car. So people have in their mind right. when they see that, oh, that's a brand new car. It looks just like, you know, almost like the new ones. Not really, but, but you know what I mean? It, it, it has that same yeah, look and feel. Right? Right. So we run into that with, with people as well, too. But, you know, our goal is to try to make everybody happy. Listen, you know, the good news is, is that we're, you know, we're not digging ditches and we're not splitting atoms. We're just having fun with old cars. You know? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we, we, we hope to continue to do that. And, uh, I'm sorry. We, we, actually ran over and longer we just went, blew right through our uh, commercial break but oh well so uh, we're having fun talking to uh, dave majors the uh, ceo of uh, meekum auction and uh, you're in glendale this week and then where, where what's next uh we take a couple of weeks off which is kind of unusual <laughs> for us and then we head to houston texas oh. the first uh, the last weekend first weekend of uh Last of March, first of April. Well, fantastic. And I know, gosh, what you guys have done in the motorcycle world alone, we could do a whole show on. I mean, you have really made motorcycles collectible and, and literally just, it's, it's pinpointed directly to you guys in your auction that you do in Vegas. Yeah. And that, that Las Vegas auction has grown. I, I think we're up something like 600% since <laughs> we, uh, since we acquired that in 2014. And, you know, not only the Vegas auction, which, which continues to just explode, but, you know, I think we probably have close to 50 motorcycles here in Glendale, and we're seeing that at at a lot of our auctions. And so the motorcycles are doing very well at the car auctions as well. Wow. Well, it used to be that a lot of us in the business, when somebody wanted to consign you a motorcycle, it was like, oh, gosh, you know, this guy's going to have a Harley, and it's going to be he's going to want way more money than we're ever going to get, and the market's flooded, and we're <laughs> never going to sell it. You know you know this routine, right? I'm not – I'm not. Yeah. You, you, this is the same thing you guys probably went through, but you've changed the dynamic of that yeah I, and i think that the the perspective on the las vegas event where it's become um i don't i don't want to say upscale because that that has a bad connotation to sure. it but it's much more mainstream mm-hmm. than uh than i recall back in 2013 when, when we first started to look at that uh, ron christensen had done a great job of growing that event over the years but it was at that time, it was you know kind of the same people every year with the same motorcycle selling to the same people, and we what we did was bring our marketing muscle and our television show to that to expand that base. So, uh, I, like I said, I think it's where it was kind of a um, you know the, the 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 motorcycle collectors only the hardcore guys. Now it's um, now it's much more broad than that. So. Sure. Well, I imagine you have plenty to do today, so I'm going to let you off the hook and let you go. But uh, certainly enjoyable visiting with you. We'll hopefully meet in person in uh, in Harrisburg this year. Are you going to make it to Harrisburg? Oh, you bet. Yeah, we're looking forward to it. We haven't been able to come to Harrisburg for two years because of the pandemic. We're excited to get back. Well, we're excited to have you back, Dave. Uh, uh, always a pleasure, and uh, uh, have a wonderful rest of your weekend in Houston, and we'll talk to you soon. And uh, for all of our listeners, thanks for listening this week, and uh, we'll catch you next week with another new show of a guest of unknown determination at this point in time. <laughs> Take care, all. We appreciate your listening to our show today. And don't forget, when you're in southeastern Pennsylvania, come visit us in person. We're open Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday from 9 a.m. to 5 p.m. Wednesday is our late day, and we're here from 9 a.m. to 8 p.m. Saturdays, we're open from 9 a.m. to noon, and we are closed on Sundays. You can reach us by telephone at 888-227-0914 or via email at info at 
to reach the show, email us at podcast at classicautomall.com. The Classic Automall Podcast is produced by Car Smarts Media. Theme song by the Pat Travers Band. You're listening to America's Web Radio on the AmericasBroadcastNetwork.com. Thank you for listening.